This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So... The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribble by Don Vose. And still, Vose, he gets past another. Oh, what a goal! Don Vose! One of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable. The ball boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's Matt Curley! McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a Black Friday, but today is a Red Saturday! Croissant, hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red. I'm Rich Fay, joined once again by Nathan Salt. A very busy week in the life of Wrexham fans. Two big signings arriving at the racecourse ground, two new preseason friendlies as well. Me and Nath will be mulling over all the uh, the news today. That's superb, Rich. That is. I was I was thinking, you know, when we listened back to these episodes, I was thinking, what are you gonna pull out of the bag? That yeah, that wasn't what I was expecting, but I'm impressed nonetheless. Yeah, Rich, what a week! Uh, we were kind of we delayed the pod, and we delayed it. Thanks to all those who went and listened to the last one, we delayed it, and, and we waited for a marquee signing. We thought we might get someone that, that's that's proven at this level, and instead we've gone and got we've gone and nicked uh, League Two Player of the Season, Golden Boot winner, record scorer uh, in a single season for Cambridge. So I'm absolutely delighted. I really can't contain my excitement. I've been all over the Twitter. At Rob Ryan Red, just kind of doing predicted lineups, and I know we'll get into that later. It's what a week since we've been supporting Wrexham actively. I know we maybe don't have the longevity of some of our listeners, etc. But it's just about the biggest signing I remember in my lifetime. The actual sort of coup of coming to Wrexham. I cannot believe that we've signed a player of this caliber. We always say that you know the big money spenders in non-league. They always sort of have that one marquee name where you go, God, they really do mean business. I felt that our business prior to this was a bit underwhelming they sort of reminded me of players that we'd buy in a normal summer anyway it was sort of like a wst summer this is 
absolutely not. This is a polar opposite. This is a huge signing. It's it's massive. And I know I've seen some fans and particularly rival fans on social media saying, well, he's only had one good season. You know, you can't really argue those stats at all, but he is in form. I can't see any real negatives about it, about this in, in terms of from a Wrexham point of view. Yes, he's cost a lot of money. He was going to cost a lot of money no matter where he went this summer. Yes, he might have only had one good season, but he's had one incredible season. He's coming in the form of his life, hitting the peak mm. of his career. I don't see how anyone can be negative about this and, and look for those those worries. Of course, they're there and underlying, but I think from a Wrexham point of view, you've just got to put on your rose-tinted glasses and just yeah go into it with perfect naivety and just hope that this finally is that signing that we've been crying out for, not just for this season, not just for this summer, but for a decade or so. Massively, you've just got to embrace it. I mean, I was getting WhatsApps from fans of teams higher up the level and, and they were saying, wow, you know, what a signing Paul Mullen is. What do you make of it? Do you think promotion is on and I was kind of saying you know it's a great day for the club and the, and the fans and we've you know we've earned the right to have a kind of a, a moment like this where we've gone and got a player who sweeped up the awards and is top draw and we banged on all you know all these podcasts 24 episodes before this rich of we need a 20 goal season striker and and really that that would be the minimum expectation of Mullin I'm sure that would be his own expectation that will be Parkinson's expectation and no doubt his new quote-unquote mate, Rob McElhenney. What a little side story that was. You know, he was umming and ahhing about the move. It's only natural, you know, he was, he was about to go into League One and, and to drop down to non-league is is no easy decision. I, I don't care how much money was being put on the table and I'm sure that there was good money being offered to him. But he was umming and ahhing and none other than Rob McElhenney personally picks up the phone and convinces him. And, you know, any anyone who's saying that that's another Ryan big middle Robert finger, isn't it, it, to the haters? The, yeah, the people are saying is, they'll be gone is. in a year's time. That's a big middle finger to them. You know what? These aren't just owners who are invested in the club. And again, sorry for using the term owners. They are guardians of our club. They don't want to be seen as these owners. But they're just using their power, doing anything they can mm. to benefit Wrexham, not just as a football club, but as a community. And this is another sign of it. Because, yes, we've we've had these these signs that you know this could finally be our year. This is a big endorsement and a big reason for them to say you know what season tickets are out get bums on seats we're giving you the players who can achieve it we've got a manager who can achieve it and yeah I just cannot wait for the opening day of the season I know we've got some pre-season games to get through first but wow this feels real now yeah I mean Mullin you just look at it and go you know we'll we'll hear later in the show from from a a Cambridge fan who tries to to bring me when I spoke to him crashing back down to earth but it's just really hard you know we, we deserve to just pop the champagne and, and, and kind of not celebrate promotion, but just celebrate getting a, a, a real top quality player. And that look, that's no disservice to the players we've had before. They've all come in and, and really put themselves about and done a job. But, you know, this is year 14 going in, into this level. It, and for me, the, le- it, the league, the way it's set up is win or bust. You know, playoffs are such a lottery. And I know that's such a cliche term, but it's true. We've been here so long. We've got to the final. We've been you know, had 98 points. We've done all these different things. We've gone for veterans. We've gone for youngsters on loan. We've done everything we can. Now we've just gone and gone, look, we've got Hollywood backing. We've got Hollywood money. And you know what? You know, there's no way. Imagine Rob McElhenney gave you a phone call, Rich, and said, look, I want you to do something for me. Can you just imagine Paul Mullen, who who may have watched Always Sunny, and I don't know if he's been he's sort of tracking Ryan or Rob, and and he signs for Wrexham, and next minute he's he's tweeting Ryan Reynolds, and he's 
just an unbelievable story. And I really hope, I, personally and selfishly, I just really hope that that conversation is in the documentary. You know, a scene where Rob is making calls to to those back in North Wales, maybe Humphrey or Fleur. You know, the deals on and on. You, you know, the kind of Sunderland Till I Die, who we had Andy on recently, a Sunderland fan. And, and I think of that documentary and I think of, you know, those kind of like transfer deadline scenes where they're in the office trying to make calls, Stuart Donald, and they're trying to get Will Grigg, that yeah. kind of thing. That's what I'm after. And they end up with Ashley Fletcher, I believe, or I yeah, can't quite yeah, remember how it, it works out. That's but yeah. it, that's it. Yeah, and the thing about Mullen, I mean, if anyone maybe isn't too clued up, I know not every fan's maybe going to have his stats to, to hand or whatever. Like you said, Nafe, had that season at, at Cambridge last year, joined them on a, on a one-year deal, so there's always that risk, you know. I mean, from their point of view, it was more so the fact that they're not really sure what they're going to get because he, he'd been there on loan from, from Tramia the season before. He got two goals in six appearances. He, he was rewarded with that one-year deal. 33 goals in all competitions for Cambridge last season across League Two, the EFL Trophy and the and the EFL Cup. I mean, he was nominated for EFL Two Player of the Season. He wins that. Um, he gets top goal scorer, the Golden Boots, as Cambridge secure promotion to, to League One. You know, he broke the club record for goals uh, in a season. He also broke the League Two goals record in a single season as well um one of one of the sponsors at cambridge as a gesture of goodwill changed the name of a stand to the paul mullen stand for the remainder of, of last season that's not in place anymore obviously he rejected a new deal with uh, cambridge on the 28th of june and now less than a month later he's at the kairas you know we, we mentioned it we don't want to be too cynical you look at his previous goals record i know we've said on previous pods maybe that sometimes fans can get too bogged down on that because we could easily ourselves sign someone like Paul Mullen who wasn't very impressive at other clubs and then has that one breakout season. Speaking to the Cambridge fan, which you'll hear very shortly, they speak about the other players in the club who made him sort of tick, Wes Houlihan in particular, who was far too good for League Two anyway and he was the real far too good. sort of beating heart of that Cambridge team and, you know, I mean... Even from sort of an outsider point of view, lots of us will follow Max Rushton on Twitter and he's always giving Wes Houlihan love because that brain, that intelligence. And, you know, we need someone who's going to have that creativity in behind Mullen if we're going to make the most of him. He's not just a player that you put up front and bish bash bosh, you're getting your 30 goals a season. It doesn't work like that. You've got to get the best out of him. But you've got a manager in Phil Parkinson and every signing this summer has mentioned Phil Parkinson in their initial interviews. They've said how big a draw he's been to the club. Sure, there might be financial incentives as well. Let's, you know, you've got to be cynical in, in that aspect. But there is a legitimacy behind Phil Parkinson's foot pulling power. And I guess, Nate, it does bring us on nicely to, to the clip that, that you've kindly organised. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I reached out to the guys. I've known some of them for quite a while, actually, Rich, from, from kind of way back. We've been down in these kind of doldrums for so long, but... The guys are under the Abbey Stand podcast who brilliantly cover Cambridge United. I reached out to them and I spoke to Tom, who is part of that pod team there. And, and yeah, let's roll the clip and hear what Tom has to say about Paul Mullen. Now, as mentioned at the top of the show, we managed to get a couple of fans on. South End fan coming later on. But first, the big announcement was Paul Mullen signing. And I'm with Tom from Under the Abbey Stand podcast, who cover Cambridge United inside and out. Tom, thanks for coming on. First thing to say is the news, the big news. What's it been, what's been the reaction from Cambridge's side for Mullen joining Wrexham? Um, yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. But <laughs> I think probably from our side... Um, Mainly it was probably the same as you guys, really, quite a big shock. Um, I think probably from 
probably from about November or, or, or even September time last year, um, we, we were sort of resigned to the fact that if we didn't lose him in January, we would lose him so at the end of the season. Um, he obviously rejected our contract, I think, about three or four weeks ago now. So we knew that he'd definitely be leaving the club. So it just became a case of where he was going. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you see the level of goals that he was scoring last season, the records that he was breaking, the awards that he won, the, the assumption is if he's not going to go to a bigger club in League One, it'll probably be um, maybe maybe even a level above that in the Championship. So, um, I mean, to see him drop down, um, even one level was a bit of a shock. But to see him go into the conference, into non-league was, um, yeah, even more than that. I mean, you know, you, 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 know, you guys won't be, um, <laughs> you won't be um, naive, I guess, to the fact that there's a there's, there's a financial aspect behind it. That's one of the reasons it's gone to you guys, but mm. um, yeah, certainly certainly a bit of a shock. But um, yeah, I guess uh, you, you know he, 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 he kind of made quite clear that he was probably going to go back to the northwest. So there's a few clubs. In the league, I guess, if they're not interested in Wrexham, maybe, uh, I guess, a kind of logical choice um, geographically, but certainly the level they'll be playing at is not, um, not what I expected. So, so talking us through, his, you know, we've seen his goal records. What about his all-round play? What, what's he like in terms of, is he better in a two? Does he like to play in a one? Talk us through kind of what you've seen watching him close up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I would say, just based on last season, you, you see his goal record from last season, it's pretty phenomenal. But sort of before that, um, I think he played with Trambeer, with um, Swindon and, and with Morecambe as well, where his goal record wasn't, wasn't anything like what it was with us. I think if if you look from our perspective last season, the team was pretty much set up for him to be successful. Um, I think probably he'll need to play in a two. Um, he was playing alongside um, Joe Ironside last season, who was brilliant for us, big sort of target man up front who took all the hits and, and sort of really took um, a bit of attention away from him. Um, and then obviously behind him, he had uh, Wes Ulan, who's, well, coming to that level, just um, just on, on, a, on, on kind of a different a different scale in terms of his ability. Um, so he's certainly better in the two. I mean, his all-round play, um, honestly, um, I, 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 it's not that great, but his finishing last season was um, was phenomenal. He'll, he'll, he'll work quite hard. And if you look at the videos of... The goals that he was scoring, you know, it was literally all, all types of goals. It was penalties, it was headers, it was tap-ins, it was long-range goals, it was, you know, free kicks even towards the end of the season. So, um, he's one that will be able to get on the end of things and be able to score goals, no doubt about it. But if you're expecting him to just sort of slot into a system and score goals for fun straight away, I think he'll be disappointed. But if you set the team up for him correctly, um, then, yeah, it could, be, it could be a similar sort of return, which obviously... Yeah, I mean, there's this feeling that Wrexham are cursed with every sort of player we sign. Fingers crossed that Mullen kind of breaks that. But we've signed we've signed a target man up front in someone like Liam McAlinden, a big guy, and we've got Jake Hyde as well in from Halifax. And so a lot's made about this squad is still getting constructed. And it sounds like it will be constructed around Mullen and, you know, he will be our main guy. Is he someone that, in high-pressure moments, you feel like stepped up? Or, or do you think last season he was just in such a vein of form that, you know, everything he touched turned to goals? Um, yes and no, really. I mean, he popped up in a few very important moments for us. So uh, he's got a, a big equaliser away at Tranmere. And that was in the sort of run-in period um, when Tramier was not too far behind us in the automatic places. Um, Last-minute equaliser away at Cheltenham at one point earlier this season. He scored a, a 94th-minute screamer at home to Walsall, which won the game 
um, which, you know, we, we only kind of just managed to get into the promotion place on the last day. So you can imagine sort of how, how big that was for us. But um, if you have a high-pressure penalty, I probably wouldn't give it to him. Um, that's the only thing I'd say. He missed, for all the penalties that he scored, he did miss quite a few. Um, but it, it was certainly a season where sort of everything touched the goal. I mean, I'll, I'll be really interested to, to see how he gets on, actually. I think... I, I, I hope he does well. Um, mm. I mean, from a... Well, I would say from a neutral perspective, but obviously I'm not. I mean, it, it would have been nice to see how he could have handled it in League One, you know, even if not with us, with a different or different club. But um, I, I'd like to see him do well because, um, you know, for the players that we had last season that aren't with us anymore, you know, we obviously only wish the best for them. So he's done some pretty... Pretty remarkable things, really. Can you clear up? A lot of Wrexham fans have been jumping on social media about the renaming of the stand. That is that now gone now? Is that just a, a sort of a temporary gesture, or is, is then a stand named after Paul Mullen? Yeah, so um, it was a temporary thing all along. Um, the actual sponsors of that stand, um, they renamed it until the end of the season. Um, I think they donated something to charity every time he scored in front of it. So it's not still going to be the Paul Mullins stand uh, next season, which is which is good. Uh, we didn't go quite that far permanently naming the stand after it midway through a season, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was just a gesture, um, probably probably to help try and tend to stay. To be fair, beyond the end of the season, obviously it didn't work, but um, yeah, I think it was more just uh, more just a temporary thing that the sponsors did. You know, firstly as a sort of gesture to. Um, show our appreciation but secondly just to hopefully try and raise a bit of money for charity he, he went on to score uh, quite a few in front of that end so hopefully quite a bit hopefully you know, quite, quite a bit went to the trust I think so um, that's, 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 that's always good but yeah, certainly it'll probably go back to being I don't know the the, the dog and duck's house and whatever it was before. Yeah, it's a great gesture. Um, but we haven't actually seen an interview yet, so we haven't really heard Mullen talk. We've seen quotes from him about how he spoke to Rob McElhenney because he was hesitating on whether to join or not. Have you got any kind of insight into what he's like as a character, how he interacted with the fans? You know, was there quite a close rapport or, or, or was it strained because he, he wasn't staying on sort of talk about his time at the club and, and how fans felt towards him I guess I mean, it's a fairly obvious question yeah I mean well everyone uh, everyone loved him obviously I mean it was difficult to um, build the sort of rapport that you might like with um, you know, other players you know sort of through the years um, probably more because we we obviously weren't able to be there more than um, more than um, more than the fact that he was you know, inevitably going to leave at the end of the season but um, I think I think from, from what I've seen in interviews, he's a pretty articulate guy. Um, I don't know what his character's like sort of away from interviews, but I know that um, he, he, he's sort of very driven by um, you know, his family, for example. Um, that was probably the main motivator in him going to the area. And then, like I said earlier, it kind of just became a, a case of which club he's going to sign for. So he, he, he seems like a pretty level-headed guy. Um and and, and and the move itself, I imagine, was to help set him, himself and his family up. But, um, yeah, he, he'll, he'll, he'll certainly be good around the squad. I mean, he, 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 he had his moments with the fans sort of after we um, after we got promoted. There's a brilliant picture of him on the on the roof of one of the turnstiles of the, um, of the new market road and just behind the goal um, with, like a, with, like, a smoke bomb in his hand and, you know, like, kind of geeing up the fans sort of thing. So, he did get on well with the fans. Obviously, it was a little bit more difficult than, than obviously we'd like, just purely... You know, with the pandemic not being there but um, yeah I'm sure I'm sure you'll both love him just as we did hopefully and uh, hopefully he'll score as many goals as well. well Julian who's on your pod we he, he texted me actually to say that you know think about Mullen without Wes Houlihan or, or someone like that 
Is he is he someone that will be very reliant on the creativity of our midfield, or is he someone who can create his own opportunity out of very little? Because the midfield is still taking shape. You know, we've got creative players in there, but I'm just wondering, will the onus be on them to really provide for Mullin in and around the box? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I think Chancellor has to be creative for him. You're going to need to have um, someone good alongside him up front, and also someone or players behind him to. I really create the chances for him. If he makes them, I imagine he'll score them unless he sort of loses that touch overnight, which obviously doesn't doesn't tend to happen too often. But um, I know it can do in football. But I think there, there there was always a sense from you know not just our fans but other fans sort of around League Two last season and sort of you know the various outlets that sort of broadcast about it that um, last season was a bit of a perfect storm for him and maybe a bit of a, a, a bit of a, um, an anomaly. That's why it'll be interesting to see mm. how he gets on really because. There's, there's, there's a sense from our fans that it was just a bit of a perfect storm in many ways that the team was set up to play for him. Um, there was so many just good players at that level who were there to create chances for him that it would be hard to replicate still at Cambridge, let alone somewhere else. So um, it'll be interesting how he gets on. I mean, like I said, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to just walk in and start firing goals in straight away. His, his career suggests that that isn't something that's going to happen. Um, Obviously, last season sticks out like a sore thumb when you look at his goals record mm-hmm. across the last sort of eight to nine years that he's been, been, been playing professionally. But um, I, I, I gather from, you know, I've only had a brief look, but I, I, I won't pretend to know the sort of ins and outs of the Wrexham squad. I've seen you know, one or two additions going in. If you can build a decent squad around him, then um, it could, you know, it, 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 it could maybe replicate it. But. Um, yeah, well, you know, let's you say let's say we'll replicate it. You're bringing us crashing back down to earth here. When we've, <laughs> had, we've had absolutely nothing but kind of dross for so long. This is year 14. We want to be excited, you know. League Two Player of the Year, Golden Boot winner. You know, this is our this is our marquee name. So no, I look, I really appreciate you, you kind of giving your thoughts. It sounds like if we build the right squad for him, then he could absolutely light up the division. And and if we don't, it it, it could backfire on us, uh, given given the finances involved. But yeah, again, uh, Tom from Under the Abbey Stand podcast. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it, mate. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Cheers, mate. Bye. Rich, what did you make of that? Then a bit of a mixed call. Naturally, Tom is disappointed. I spoke to him a little bit after and. And he gave me a text to say he really hopes it works out for Mullin. You know, we've been down here too long, were his words. And I appreciate him giving up his time. It was interesting, though, that he was saying that probably works best in a front two and, and needs that midfield creator. Can it be Dan Jarvis? Can it be Devontae Redmond? Will it be Jordan Davis? What did you make of that, what, what Tom had to say? Yeah, I was going to pick up on those points that you made out yourself. You know, I made notes when I was listening to it because I was intrigued i was listening to it for the first time myself uh, you know I, I think one of the important things to say is the assumption from cambridge fans was they knew he wasn't going to stay they know particularly when he rejected the contract but there was warning signs early in the season when he was starting to bang in the goals that he had loftier heights maybe envisions in his mind and i think from mullen's point of view a month ago he would very much have been thinking right next season i'm going to be playing in league one or the championship I know Charlton Athletic were considered the favourites to sign him. Of course, they're in League One. They're one of the biggest sides in League One. But, you know, like we said, less than a month later, he's he's in North Wales playing for us. And it's a huge gamble on maybe his point of view as well, because if he has one season at Wrexham and it doesn't work out, people will be saying, well, that one year at Cambridge was a fluke. It was a one-off. It was that purple patch. He's not really as good as, as 
you know we're saying is so I think that you know you can be a cynic and say that football is a short career he's going to be chasing the money of course he's got to be looking at the money you know even at league one level you just need to be playing for a team which gives you quite good remuneration really and gives you the the financial incentive that you need but from Mullen's point of view this is a, a big risk as well he's still got a point to prove to himself because he wants to establish himself as a top striker in the lower leagues and you need to do that by having consistency and having a track record of doing it at more than just one club. So I think from his point of view, he is driven enough to prove himself. Of course, he could have gone higher. He could have gone much higher in the pyramid. You know, there is that suggestion. He even could have gone to the championship. I know we saw, I think, Macaulay Bond went to QPR. He was ex Leighton Orient only a few seasons ago, scoring against Wrexham. We've seen, I think, Gregory from Halifax ended up at Millwall, etc. So... From being in non-league, you can go to the championship. So from being the best player in League 2, you can easily go to the championship. I don't think that was beyond him at all. But like I said, the, the key there and the key that I've seen on social media is where's Houlihan and that creativity in midfield. You put the graphic out on Rob Ryan Red. Please do give us a follow on social media if you haven't already. And again, let's plug the podcast at this stage. If you're enjoying it, please do leave a like, subscribe and, and whatever. But, you know, we've spoken about the formation next season. Like I said, you've put that graphic on our Twitter. The suggestion is it'll be a 3-5-2 sort of variant. Parkinson says he's going to adapt to the plays he's got at his disposal. It's just really interesting to see and, and to hear that they've said he works best as a two. That can be achieved, obviously, in that 3-5-2 we're going for. It's just a case of who and how do you get that creativity in behind him? Yeah, it's really tricky. And, and very, you know, big thanks to all the people that responded to the graphic. I, I've been sitting on it for a while and I'd been changing people in and out and what what x's were now filled in the formation is what i went with rich was again like as you say what i expect not necessarily what i want but what i expect phil parkinson to play based on the people we've heard from you know in in recent weeks we've heard from a bolton fan sunderland fan um you know former colchester player in chem is it former bradford striker in zavon hines you know now we've had on um a Cambridge fan even to talk about Mullen in the front two I lost my words for a second there uh, and the reaction was that my midfield was far too cavalier you know I've got kind of young as my base midfielder with Davis and Redmond now maybe I'm being far too ambitious at playing those three behind Mullen and Jake Hyde and, and we'll get on to Jake Hyde because it was Rob Ryan Red who who sort of I, I don't want to say maybe scooped or, or first put out but it was us that put out far in advance uh, on the day that, that Jake Hyde was pushing for a move to Wrexham and, and lo and behold, that information was was spot on. And I kind of, if anything, I underplayed it a bit, you know, kind of from what I'd heard, the conversations I'd had, he was really pushing for the move and, and, and I didn't want to go any stronger than that. And then, yeah, a few hours later, he's there. And I, get, I think that's another brilliant move, Rich. I think he can work as really good foil for Mullin. And then you've got McAlinden and you've got Angus, Ponticelli, Kwame. You've got real options up top then. If all of those stick around and on, on all of those stay, you've got real genuine sort of attacking depth, which we haven't had quality-wise at least for a while. But but the midfield three, the big bone of contention when I put that out was that people saying we need another general in midfield. Young and Davis are fine, but but Redmond was not maybe getting the love that I expected. I really it's think too lightweight that midfield for, yeah. for the non-league. I understand why. You know, they're all they're three very talented technical players. They're all very good with the ball. 
but you need a bruiser. You need someone to protect that defense, um, which is still going to be learning on the job. You know, we we don't have a defender. You can even see that you know French is in there, but we, we didn't see too much of him last season. Of course, he did quite well, and you got Green and Hall Johnson who offer that width that wide, but. I know he's not going to be Brad Walker. It needs to be someone in that sort of mould. I think I still think you need that holder. You can have Young as sort of a box-to-box. And I'd probably say Jordan Davis in the more advanced attacking role off the left. I think there's just got to be that symmetry early on. I don't think you can go guns blazing. I think in most matches as well, we need to have that solid base. And you know, as long as you're not losing, you've got a good chance of winning with people like Hyde and Mullen up top who can nick a goal out of anywhere. But going gung-ho is going to be suicidal next season, really. I think we need to to prioritise now that that midfield anchor, really. Someone who's just going to keep it ticking over. God, I wish we could somehow get Glenn Little. <laughs> Someone oh, like him imagined. in that mould. You know, that's what Wes Houlihan reminds me of, though. It's just a player who makes things happen, makes everyone else better in the team. I remember Gary Mills, when he was at Gateshead, had John Oster doing that. We had Dean Keats. Just someone who sits in midfield, brings others into the play, sensible passes, likes to put a foot in. OK, maybe that's not some of the players I've just mentioned to a bit more eloquent on the ball and don't maybe have that tough tackling nature but I think we just need someone to control it all and have a midfield general which I don't think we've got at the moment no so did, did you know of that graphic and of the players that you know I did say in the tweet you know the with the tools at Parkinson's disposal do you think I was perhaps being a tad harsh on people like Jamie Record you know going for Cam Cam Green do you think I was kind of do you think there were players that are currently there, the likes of Dior Angus got a shout-out, and who else got shout-outs? I, 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 I think the team you chose has got everything we need. I probably... yeah, I think, you know, Green for me is the best left-back we've got, left wing-back, when I got to see him at the end of last season. He looked really good. He looked sort of football equality. I guess the, the question is... These defenders we've got in, how good are they really? I yeah. guess that brings us naturally now on to, to Harry Lennon, who has arrived from South End, and he's not gonna be sorely missed at Roots Hall. That's the that's the truth of the matter, you know. He's not a player who has left much of a legacy there at all. I mean, the legacy that he has left is a bad social media video uh, celebrating uh, <laughs> yeah. a Dover win in the in the in the cup against uh, South End. Um, you know, it was ill timed, ill judged. Wrexham fans will let him off for that. Many Wrexham fans won't know of, of the video themselves. You can check it out yourselves if you want. You only really have to search Harry Lennon on, on a search <laughs> engine. You'll find, you'll come come to it anyway. But yeah, I, I just think there's a question mark over that defence at the moment. Brisley, I really do like the look of. But like we said on the podcast when he was signed, I still think he's almost the Kelleher-Vassell replacement. I don't think he's the Pearson replacement. Lennon, yeah. similarly... On his day, he could be a fantastic centre-back. But as we're about to hear from the South End point of view, his day doesn't come about very often. He's very unfortunate with injuries. I know there's a bit of debate on, debate on social media. Is he injury-prone or injury-ridden or unlucky with injuries? It's hard to define it too, too much. But, you know, on our day, that team looks really good, but it's not going to be our day every week. We're going to be playing on horrible pitches against really physical, ugly sides who are playing for set-pieces. I think we still need that tenacity that we're missing at the moment. I'd agree. Look, you know, I've been on on this pod talking about how we need, you know, those vocal leaders. I think Mullen will be good up top, but I'm personally of the the belief that I like my captain to be the goalkeeper or to be the centre back, just because they can see everything in front of them, and I feel like gives far more far more perspective when things, you know, when things aren't working out. But on Lennon. 
I think it was quite telling that he signed a 12-month deal and Parkinson in his quote said, you know, look, I can see it's a, a short deal. Uh, but, the, you know, the hope is for us that, that, that he goes on to have a much lo- longer spell with us. And I imagine that it was a Les Reed recommendation, you know, with the Charlton links. But I decided to do a few more calls. I've been busy today, Rich. I've been busy, worked and been calling in and around different articles. And so well, I was busy telling pod... Man United fans that Jaden Sancho wasn't the biggest transfer of the day. So I think <laughs> yeah. you appreciate the, uh, the the work I've been doing. But no, no, if you yeah, like you said, you've been working hard behind the scenes. You've got us the Cambridge view on Mullen. You've got us the South End view on Lennon. The South End view from just a shout out to these guys, all at Sea Fanzine at South End, and they do a brilliant job. And and as I explained in the clip with Liam from All at Sea, they, they do brilliant work and, and they're relaunching in time for the Wrexham game at Roots Hall. So let's roll the clip. So, as I said just then, Liam from the All at Sea fanzine, Southend's only fanzine, and a quick early shout for Wrexham fans already planning their trip to Roots Hall, which is, I'm one of those fans. The All at Sea fanzine will be relaunching in time for that game, so do pick up a copy. I picked one up uh, last season in in another not-so-fun campaign for Southend, but I did pick it up. It's very, very good, and as the Fearless and Devotion fanzine for Wrexham fans is very good, do go and pick this one up. But Liam, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us, Nathan, yep. and for your kind words as well. <laughs> no, no, it was really good uh, in, in the Sol Campbell era that was not so enjoyable for you guys. But one of those players that was around and, and has now moved to Wrexham, Harry Lennon, received, let's just say, a mixed reaction from Wrexham fans. You've seen him whenever he's been fit. What, <laughs> you know, what, what's he like? What are we getting on a good day? What type of player is Harry Lennon going to be for us, do you think? Uh, so, first of all, when he is fit, really becomes like the big crux of it. Um, he he has all the attributes that you would want from a decent centre back. He's left-footed, which is quite rare for a centre back, certainly in like the lower leagues. Um, he's fast. He's tall. Um, he's quite a capable defender. But but really, you hit the nail on the head there. He just doesn't play. He averaged something like in in his three seasons with us, he averaged something like eleven games a season in that time. Um, and out of uh, and out of forty six in the league in in League One and League Two, it's just not enough. You can't have players that are that good taking up space on the wage bill when they're not available literally three quarters of the time. Um, he he has all yeah he has all he, that's, that's his career all the way through. He, he's had the attributes, he's had the potential, um, but if you're if you're on the treatment table, you're never going to do it. Are you? So what's been the reaction from South End fans that news that Lennon hasn't stayed? We we did see some comments from Phil Brown that he was sort of talking about keeping him. Was that merely lip service to Lennon or was that actually serious? Do you think you would have kept him had we not come in and, and tried to, to get him, do you think? Uh, Lennon was brought in under Powell, who replaced Brown. Um, he broke his leg under Powell and his, and his foot as well. He then broke his leg under Campbell, and then under Molesley, he also had a big knee operation which sent him out for the season. So this would have been like Brown's first go at um, at managing Lennon and trying to get a tune out of him. Um, as you'll have seen with... Uh, like If you just look at the England manager situation over the last few years, every England manager, what, what Southgate has done is he sort of dropped a lot of big names and just sort of tried to get a team working together. Whereas other England managers had the arrogance and the ego to think, no, I can, I can get a tune out of these players. And Phil Brown does sort of fit into that category. So it wouldn't surprise me if he was really thinking that he would be the man to turn Harry Lennon's career around. 
Um, but in general, I would say that um, we're, we're quite pleased to get rid of him. Mm. Um, he, uh, I just looked up a text message conversation that I had with a Charlton supporting friend of mine when we first signed him. And as soon as I mentioned his name, the very first reply that I got back was, I'll drive him to you. Yeah. And I think the similar similar sort of uh, feeling from Southend fans at the moment, um, as I say, his injury record means that it's, it's been a lot of money down the drain broadly. And then there was the bizarre incident that you may be aware of last year in the... Um, the FA Cup, was it? Oh, I beg your pardon. Yeah, it was the FA Cup. So I, I, I lose track of time because of COVID. <laughs> but we were playing, you're right, we were playing away at Dover in the FA Cup. And um, we we have been the worst team in the English football league system for about three years at this point. And mm. this was a real low point. Dover were a non-league side and it was one of the few chances all the fans were, were looking forward to being able to try and jumpstart our season again um, with a win over non-league opposition and sort of get a bit of momentum and a bit of support. And they, the players provided the most gutless display you could ever imagine. We lost 1-0 on TV. And then after the game, uh, Harry Lennon was pictured in his club tracksuit on social media celebrating... Uh, or at least having a drink would be fair to say with the with yeah. the victorious Dover players in the pub after the game. And there's, and there's a lot there's a lot of context to that. Obviously, he was part of the Charlton youth system, and Kent being sort of a, an extension of South East London to some extent will have a lot of like not spillover, but like castoffs of of clubs from South East London. Mm. So he would have known a lot of players in that team. But to go and you know in a in a, a very low ebb for the club for him to go in his tracksuit was. Pretty, um, pretty silly decision. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, I remember. The, I remember the incident well. Um, so you know what? When when Lennon comes back, what you know? You said that fans are happy to see him go. He's obviously not played a huge part for you. What kind of reception will he get? I mean, will he get any sort of acknowledgement? Will he be a kind of pantomime villain, or is it just you know fans aren't really too bothered about him at all? He barely played, and and you're very much just moving on and kind of not too fussed. Yeah, I, I don't think that he never got. After that incident, he was he was made to train with the reserves for a couple of weeks, and then he was brought back into the first team, and then he got injured. He he really doesn't have. I I wouldn't say he's like inspired a lot of ire or anger from right. supporters because there's been no sort of like never downed tools. He never like got drawn into like contract disputes. He never sort of like behaved unprofessionally with the club. He's just a silly boy. Made a, who made a who made a big mm. error at the wrong time, and I don't think that you know he he'll if his name is on the team sheet, he'll probably get a boo when it's read out before the game, uh, and there'll probably be a few jeers from the crowd um, if he comes up to take the corner. Mind you, if he scores the winner, which would be very typically South End, <laughs> then then all bets are off. But um, but yeah, I don't think so. Uh, somewhere halfway between. Pantomime, slightly more than a pantomime villain. Right. He's a bit of an idiot. But, well, um, we're hoping yeah, that we get some kind that. of like we're hoping we get some kind of Terminator where he's broken all his bones possible and he now just comes back as some sort of robot because defensively that's where we seem a bit short. And you know if we there's rumours that we'll play a back three and we're looking for kind of pace and it you know early reports I've seen that he if he is fit he's got a bit of pace about him. He's not you know a complete slouch at the back. From looking at it as a South End perspective, you've just come down to this level. What are you looking at Wrexham and thinking? You know, we've signed Paul Mullen today, when I've got Jake Hyde and a few others, Brisley from Football League. Are, are you looking at it thinking Wrexham will be up there, or do, or do you look at it and think South End, with what you have, are right now a contender? 
Um, I think you guys are probably favourites going into it. I think we were interested in Hyde, but obviously um, obviously there's a lot of money being thrown around mm. at Wrexham at the moment. Um, we So so we, we weren't able to get him. Mullen's a, a real coup. Um, he He's not been perhaps the most consistent footballer, but simply the fact that if you're trying to build a team that gets promotion, you need players that are able to perform, like ready to go at mm. the level of, above and you've, you've got a player that's there. So I think that um, that is quite intimidating, really. I, I suspect that a lot of South End fans would like us to go up. I think realistically, with only one automatic promotion spot available, and then is it something like eight teams going to the playoffs? Is it six teams that go into the playoffs? Yeah, play-off? so a lot of, lot of teams into the playoffs, so six teams into the playoffs. You'll, you'll come to learn it quite well if, if you're <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll I learn, sound like you'll a terrible, like... I sound like a terrible like Man United or Liverpool fan from the southeast of England now because really I just have not paid a lot of attention to non-league football. To be perfectly honest with you, you'll but, learn yeah. very quickly what, what, how this works. I mean, we're in year fourteen yeah. of this, but no, that's um, it's really interesting on Lennon. I mean, it's you know ultimately it's, we'll get buried as one of our you know less less inspiring signings, but all we can do is fingers crossed that we get maybe more of the Charlton. You know that when he broke through at Charlton Lennon than the than the South End Lennon, but really appreciate you giving up your time. Thanks very much. We'll catch you, no doubt, before the Roots Hall game. Thanks, Nathan. Yeah, welcome, welcome to town, in September, and good luck for the season. Cheers, you too. Take care. I mean, where to start, Rich? I mean, bringing me crashing back down to earth. I can't say I was flying too high after Harry Lennon joined, but. I mean, he really sounds like he's had rotten, rotten luck with injury. That's always going to undermine a player wherever he goes, but it won't necessarily have to define what he does at Wrexham. You know, he'll be thinking himself that this is a clean slate, this is a fresh chance to, to prove his worth and to get over those torrid times that he's had in the past already. So you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I know we've said this on previous pods as well. Please do check him out if you haven't already. That we've got to go in this with optimism because this is you know, such a new experience and there is that, you know, we've just got to believe in Parkinson and if the club and whoever has officially sort of sanctioned the move and said, this is the person we want to get in, we've just got to give them, you know, the benefit and go for that because, like I said, before Mullen and, you know, Lennon was announced earlier in the week um, and there was a bit of an underlying fear that, is this going to be the only sign we get this week? You know, he's been gazumped now and the pressure's off, really. And maybe that'll do him a favour, the fact that Lennon's just another player coming in. And some fans might even sort of forget what his name is by the start of the season again. He's just got a chance to, you know, impress us. Clean slate. We don't know too much about him. We've never really seen him. Every club he's been at, he's, he's not really had a chance to, to ever get sort of consistent playing time. You know, he's another person who had a spell at, at Cambridge, only a brief one. Two loan spells at Gillingham as well person, I know we talked about Muller maybe going to Charlton, he started his career off at Charlton, Harry Lennon, mm. only 26 as well, you know, both of these signings are at a stage in their career where it's so crucial, you know, both of them, 26 years old, both of them again, you know, fit that bill of, of being big men, Harry Lennon six foot three, Paul Mullen is five foot ten, I believe, we're going to be quite a physical team. Oh, massively I, rich, yeah, I massively, do just, and I- I just don't know, I just don't know about, yeah, about no. Lennon, it could go either it- two ways, and this is this is what I was thinking, Rich. In a way, I think the bar is so low for him. You know what I mean? I feel like that all you know, all the chat coming out of South End is that you know they didn't want him. They would have driven him to North Wales. You know, all the chat coming out of Charlton from from someone I spoke to there was just you know by the end, get him gone. I think if it, in in a way he's coming in, 
he'll probably play alongside Brisley most of the season unless we get another centre back in and and if that centre back is the captain we're talking of huge experience and so that could be a real benefit to, to someone I know he's he's not a youngster or anything like that but he's not the marquee name he's not even the marquee defender he definitely won't be the marquee defender we've already gone and got Brisley who's got you know hundreds of games at, at football league level so if anything sort of coming north you know getting far away from where it's not worked out for him I'm hoping that he can just stay fit and I'm hoping that it's a case of I know he said in his comments that you know he's got a lot of catching up to do that's a bit of a worry I would have hoped that he'd have been training himself and could have got it you know could have slotted straight in there we've seen TikTok videos of the, of the lads uh, you know training and there's there is a good level of sharpness there or at least it seems so far it's difficult to know in it in a social media clip, but I really hope that maybe Lennon's bottomed out in a way. It's got, it's been so bad for him in, in terms of injuries, you know, broke his, broke his leg and, and his foot and, and the Dover incident. I'm hoping that really he's had his, he's had his, he's had his nightmare now and, and it's time to kind of, well, I mean, too cliche, it's time to dream with Wrexham and, and just do a job, just be solid. No one's expecting Harry Lennon to, to contribute, you know, X amount of goals or, to, to go and steal the show that leave that to Jordan Davis leave that to to Mullin you know what I mean yeah I mean my concern is Nate I've just been looking at these stats now and I've just given a, a quick glance of transfer market so Harry Lennon made his debut in the 2013-14 season so eight years ago how many appearances do you think he's made in eight years I'm, let's just say Basin's record 80 79, so I'll let you have that. 79, yeah. But you, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's eight appearances a season. Yeah, it's dreadful, isn't it? What I mean, it's not a player that maybe you can be relied on. I know there's mitigation there. I know there's teams where he will have played more than, than others. He's had long injury layoffs. But at 26 years old, to have played less than a century of games where you look at other teenagers who have a century of caps already, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a worry. It's a big risk mm. again. And, you know, like I said, though, for Mullin, I think that he's got such a point to prove. And I think particularly Lennon's going to have a point to prove to those South End uh, fans, particularly if he's involved for that, that trip to Roots Hall. It's going to be really interesting to see how he gets on. I think he's someone who is a good squad filler to have. I think, you know, we got rid of centre-backs, but that's what my concern is. We got rid of Kelleher and Vassell and brought Harry yeah. Lennon in. I don't see an increase in quality at all. Kelleher's gone to Bradford. Not too sure where Vassell is at at the moment, but is that an improvement in quality? I'm not sure it is. Rich, I, what I was going to ask you, and I did text you this uh, earlier on, but you, you know, both been so busy trying to sort this pod out. Will Fish, who Stockport have gone and signed, a defender. That's at the other end of the spectrum, really. You know, we, we've bought someone 26, should be established, but isn't really in terms of injury. Stockport have gone and got Premier League. We've been down that road before, getting Premier League loanies. You obviously cover that beat. Is that someone we should have looked at instead? Or or should we have gone for someone like a more experienced, even though he's not played much, he's still got 80 games of kind of men's football, so to speak. Uh, you know, have we missed a trick there? Or because people are looking at Stockport as, as one of our main rivals. There's a lot of, you know, we were very disappointed about the Quigley situation. That's now been rectified by getting Mullen, who you would say is, is superior to Quigley. Will Fish... And Harry Lennon, is that the type of thing where we've maybe taken a bit of a misstep or was that a, is that a real gamble for one of our rivals? 
I think both of us might have been making mistakes on, on that front. You know, I think Harry Lenton was, like I said, squad filler. Happy to have it. Will Fish to Stockport's an interesting one. I watched him a lot for the under-23s at United last season. He had the chance to play for the under-18s, but United decided to play him at the under-23 slash reserve level instead. He played more minutes than anyone else for United at reserve level. So, you know, he's got that pedigree. He was added to the B list for the Europa League campaign. Didn't actually make it onto the pitch, though. Made his Premier League debut on the last day of the season. I think he got about 60 seconds of action in the win at, in the win at Wolves on the last day of the season. But he's 18 years old. He looks very raw as a player. We've seen in the past at Wrexham. Mason Watkins-Clark, you know, these Premier yeah. League players, technically youth players who come down from the under-23s. I know we had Ollie Shenton, who was... I was about we, to say, who we, was we the got a favour. Stoke? Ollie, Ollie Shenton, Shenton, that was all. And we would, you know, I think um, Rooster helped that one out, Kevin Russell, when he was at Stoke. I think he played a big um, role in getting Ollie Shenton to us. And I believe Shenton, we approached him for another season-long loan, but he said no, because he had visions of playing higher up in the leagues. And, you know... I, I believe that we were sort of given a favour by letting us have Oli Shenton at the time because Stoke's ambition was we want this player to be playing um, yeah, in the football le- league. Level. Yeah, he plays yeah. for Chorley now, so well, that's how go. that one worked out. But I think whenever a, a Premier League player joins a lower league club, there's always that fascination working for United, uh, working on United and, and covering them most weeks. The amount of players who, who pay off in, in lower league loans is, is minuscule, really. There, mm. there is hardly ever one that really does take the league by storm. I think particularly at centre-back. Will Fish isn't one of the biggest lads at under-23s level. He gets bullied off the ball there. So to put him into the National League has got to be a real sink-or-swim environment for him. I think he'll do decently. I'm not expecting him to sort of do too much and I think there's going to be particular games where players like him work but I think from Wrexham's point of view particularly going for these lower league sorry the Premier League sort of lower level low knees I don't think that is is something we want I know obviously we've got the Liverpool connections Peter Moore etc but does that mean I want us to raid the Liverpool under 23 squad not at all really yeah Um, that's interesting and the other the other factor as well that I think for youth players is they're trying to impress a completely different club. They're maybe not yeah. going to put themselves on line as much because they know they've got the safety net of of a much comfier abode back home. So I I think that we need to be going for permanent signings, people who are yeah. invested in this project and are going to give it their all, not just for this season, but ones who are playing for, for their future as well uh, beyond that. So, Rich, permanent signings and talking about actually Wrexham paying money for a player. I can't remember when that last happened. I really... I, I had to go back through Twitter to get... Did we play for Jack McCreff? Jack McCreff? Surely we didn't. I'm, I've, Surely I'm, I'm we didn't. Almost, that's off the top Did of we? my head. I swear we paid for Jack McCreff. That's... A nominal that's, fee to Barry, I believe. Uh, well, I mean, maybe, but... Um, you can hear me typing away I now. can hear you typing away furiously. Well, I'll talk about Jake Hyde while you while you kind of figure out if we paid for Jack McCreff, because I've no idea if that's true. But Jake Hyde, I really think that is a smart move. I, I really think, you know, that's someone... As, as good as Mullen is, and, and Mullen should be too good for the division. If he carries on his form, then it's it's a no-brainer. That move is spectacular. And you could see the excitement that Rob McElhenney calling him a star on Twitter, Ryan, and they have not tweeted, with all due respect, they've not tweeted any of our other signings, really. But this one clearly was the one that Humphrey said stopped people in their tracks. But Jake Hyde, I think, is a, is a clever move. People will go back to his old record, but look more specifically at Woking and Halifax. 
the recent spells, and he really seems to have just figured it out. And kind of, what was he, a goal every two games at Halifax in half a season? So if you give him a full campaign, and, and even if his goal return isn't huge, if he plays a key part in assists and doing the dirty work for Mullen, say, and Mullen goes and gets 30 goals, then you know that Hyde will have played a really big role in doing that. And so I was really excited about that. I, I teased it out before the signing, as I said. And I, I, what did you make of that move, though, Rich? Because, it, again, it's someone that's been on our radar, maybe not got the kind of the wow factor that that um, that Mullen has. But, look, we've paid money for a player. He's come in. He turned down South End, who were pushing for him. They they didn't have the, the financial resources. That's what I was told that to get him. So we've clearly given him a good financial package. And I look at a strike partnership and I say, you know, if it all goes well, there could be 35, potentially 40 goals in there. Yeah, and that's what encourages me, really. We've got a striker who is proven at this level, one who's got pedigree higher up. I think that that is a good combination to have. We've got McKillendon, who's going to do a lot of the dirty work. And I know Parkinson said that he can play out wide. I still think it's going to be just sort of lumpy forward through the middle there's going to be some opportunities maybe we can have three of them on the pitch at a time two of them in sort of unorthodox wider roles but yeah I think Hyde's going to be crucial to to our success next season I think he's a very sound signing I think he's someone who you know is going to to get those dirty goals as poacher goals he can do a bit of everything I think there'll be healthy competition between him and Mullen as well up top I think that that really does have a a strike partnership over it, which which could cause problems. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see what happens, really. I think Hyde, again, my only concern is Hyde is a signing that I think we could have probably made in other summers. I'm not really going to get too excited about him yet, but, you know, he's got that, that proven track record that so many of us do, do cry out for, really. So I'm just going to see what happens, really, in terms of Hyde. But, you know, like Nath, you said, you, you were one of the first people to report on that and you put that on our Rob Ryan Red account. What do you make of make of Hyde? Do you think that that is the signing that we wouldn't have been able to make in other summers no, or do you I, think I, that I, this is a, a sign of a tent? I see what you're saying. I mean, I love the idea of Mullen and Hyde as some kind of BBC detective drama. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Um, I mean, obviously Mullen is the one which, under the trust, we, we just wouldn't have been able to make. You know, a three-year deal league two player of the season that goes without saying that is the deal that i don't feel we would have made i'm i'm just not sure I'd, i think someone like hyde if it wasn't for the kind of increased exposure i i, I could be talking out of turn here i don't think i am but i think parkinson and Hyde. i think hyde looks at us like a real kind of title contender which we haven't always been we definitely haven't always been that you know a kind of a favourite to win the league. Uh, and I think he's looking at it and gone, you know, perhaps he would have been privy to the Mullen news and, and looked at it and gone, core, they're building a really, really good squad here. And and I back myself, you know, I, strikers always back themselves are full of confidence. I'm not so sure about his haircut, but I'm, you know, I'm one to talk with my kind of Barnet. Um, I, I think Hyde probably could have been a move we'd have made, but I just don't see us paying money for players personally. No, but in the, in the, the past, Hyde would have been the marquee signing. Now yeah, he's just 100%. an additional sort of bonus buy. So, 
the, the signs are positive. It's really exciting. I just can't wait for that that first match. And for many season games. Well, for many Wrexham fans, it's yeah. not far away. It's only a week week to go now until that inaugural match of the Phil Parkinson reign. Then the preseason friendly behind closed doors against Sheffield Wednesday has been called off. That was scheduled for Saturday the twenty fourth of July. So Wrexham fans will instead have to make the trip to Tamworth for the first glimpse of Phil Parkinson's Reds. Dave, will you be making any of the journeys? I know we've got Spennymore Town as well, which has been announced. Uh, are you going to be going to any of these pre-season games? I hope I can, but just work is so intense at the minute, Rich. I'm really hoping that I can wangle a weekend or two off. I mean, it's, what is it, Tamworth at the, at the is it the New Lawn or something like that? Uh, I don't know, the Lambs. I've, I've been there once before in an FA Cup game when Darlington played them and really packed out ground and you can really sort of pile in there. So I'm sure we'll get a great turnout there. And then we've got Spennymore, as you say. I think we've got Fleetwood potentially behind closed doors There's as Fleetwood well. Fleetwood and Burnley under 23s. And Burnley um, behind both closed of those doors, yeah. Behind closed doors, so I reckon the really Burnley game will be on. Do you reckon the, the Burnley game will be on TikTok? You mentioned on one of the recent pods about the Burnley women being on TikTok. So I wonder if there's something to be done there. Hmm. I think they would have announced it by now, but you never know. Yeah. You never, you never know. I've not heard too much on that. Other announcements, Nath, that we've got coming up. The away kit probably on sale by the time that you've actually listened to this podcast. That's getting unveiled very soon. I know some of you will have seen the leaked image on social media as well of the kit which I know if you you don't have to be a detective to go on the club website and see that it's going to be green this season that's what the away kit um, button is is colored green kit last season I do like it when they mix it up a bit um yeah I what still do you think, think Rich from what I've seen I prefer the home kit I believe I. Yeah. that the home kit for those of you who haven't had a chance to buy it there's got to be extra restock of that next week so that is just around the corner uh, you know in an ideal world it'll be next week it could be another you never know with sort of supplies etc of what's happening but the club are hoping to have more of that in stock very soon so that's good news it means I can finally get my hands on it after I was about to say you're going to get one now you were waiting weren't you to well, see well it's my birthday yeah. in September so I'm just going to have it as an early present to myself and think that's Lovely. fair enough season tickets as well they're going on sale very soon um, all the information on the club website for those of you who want to get involved in that £248 for me in the Rex rent stand and speaking of the Rex rent stand that's going to be out of action for the first couple of games of the season I believe it's opening up on the 11th of September for the I think it's the Woking match that the Rex Rent stand will be open. So those first two games, um, Yeovil and, of course, Notts County. Notts County, yeah. Yeah, we won't have fans behind either of the goals for those matches, but it'll be, it might be tough to get a ticket. Yeah, I think I really think it will be. I, I think, that, you know, especially the Notts County one, and, and well, no, if anything, especially the opener, you know, Every season, Wrexham fans get excited, and, and and rightly so. We're always optimistic. We haven't lost any games, uh, and we're dreaming of this is the year. But, you know, when we look back in hindsight, Rich, maybe this is just recency bias, but if we ever had a summer where we've looked at it and gone, so many things just make sense. You know, so many things fit. We've we've really worked on the structure that's been put in place. And, and kind of for all the criticisms we had weeks and months ago about... You know, with Sean Harvey going to stick around? Is you know what exactly is Les Reed doing? Will Fleur get say on 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 this and that? Will Robin Ryan really have any involvement? I mean, I think all of that's been answered. You know, Fleur is is running the show. Les is working closely with Phil Phil Parkinson. Say it again. You know, a man who knows promotion inside and out. We've gone and got football league proven players. We've gone and got the league two player of the season. 
if, if you'd have told a Wrexham fan this a few years ago, you know, Hollywood, I, I tweeted before, it just seems ridiculous. Every time I, I see a, a tweet about, you know, Rob McElhinney tweeting about Paul Mullen, what is going on? What, what Next thing we'll know that there'll be some kind of Wrexham nod in, in It's Always Sunny or, or a Deadpool or something like that. And it just is absolutely bonkers. And I, I'm really well, yeah, keen we had the, soon to... We had the F1 last weekend with Ryan Reynolds yeah, introducing exactly. that with a, saying it was the biggest non-Rexham FC related sporting yeah. event of the summer. I mean, I think the Tokyo Olympics might have something to say about that. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Danny DeVito in the new Wrexham away kit, make it happen. That's what, we want, to, that's what we want to see. But that's what I mean. We can be negative. We can question some of the signing and say, they might not all be the players we want. If we were to record this podcast yesterday, I would have been very negative about our summer business. We've got Paul Mullen. What more can we ask for? It's time to be positive. Let's just embrace this. We're on the journey. It's going to be a wild roller coaster. We're going to be there every step of the way. Nath, I cannot wait for the new season. No, and as always, that's probably a good place to wrap it up. But please do give us a follow on Twitter. I, I, we're pretty active on there. I know I definitely am pinging all sorts of different graphics and, and, and kind of clips out on there. That's at Rob Ryan Red. And if you'd like to email us, we had an emailer in last week, do email us, robryanred at gmail.com. Rich, what a what a week. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm just going to wrap it there. I need, a, I need a bit of a lie down after that Mullen news. So thanks for joining us. Catch you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.